0: what's up what's up what is up it's another Friday another opportunity for the ball Hawk sports talk to come to you whether we are coming to you live as you look at us through your mobile device or your computer or coming to you by way of sound in the podcast or even the YouTube space on our live channels however we're coming to you doesn't matter this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. We promise to give it to your rough, rugged, and raw. Today's episode, the title is Trick or Treat. Yes, obviously, because we are getting dangerously close to Halloween. And people are going to go outside and knock on that door and sing that crazy song, Trick or Treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. I think that's what it was. Uh, Whatever you might be saying as you knock on the doors, I know people are trying to convert trick-or-treat into a more COVID-friendly fashion. Uh, It's always a good holiday because you get to dress up. Some people get to live out their inner inhibitions, shall I say. Um, We all get to have a good time. We get to get candy. But the thing we don't get to do is ignore sports, business, and entertainment. So like no other Show in the land. The Ballhawk Sports Talk is coming to you this morning with your boy, B brown ESQ, a.k.a. The Ballhawk, a.k.a. The Mouth of South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration. We're going to be joined by the crew here. We're going to do it like we always do on a Friday morning. Like we said, rough, work, and raw, sports business entertainment. We about to get it in, y'all. Today's show, trick-or-treat, will be spooky. Strap on your seatbelt. And let's go. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And stay woke, because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw, so come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go. What's up, what's up, what is up? You know who I'm joined by. The crew is in the building. The Big Flow Show, what's up? What's good, America? I love it, baby. Short, succinct, but very powerful. He said hello to all America, because that's where else. we going, y'all. The Ball Sports on our way. And also joined by ETP, Elsa the producer. What's up, E?
1: Chilling, baby. What's good?
0: Chilling, chilling, chillaxing, all of that. It is getting close to Halloween. And we
1: thought about coming in
0: here in a mask. But when you are this handsome, like the three of us are, we couldn't wear a mask. We don't want to do our live audience a disservice, not show sure y'all our grill. Yeah, we're looking real good this morning. Uh, if you were to dress up in Halloween mode, what would you be in 2021? I'll start I mean, with you. I, Come on. What? Like a, a history <laughs> teacher or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I a do history
0: teacher? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how one dresses up as a history teacher, but <laughs> I, I know you would figure it You would figure um, it out. I figure it out. Uh, ETP, what, what, what would you dress up as if you did go costume? <laughs>
1: You know, I always every year I have a New Year's resolution, <coughs> and like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna have the best Halloween costume. And I have yet to fulfill that New Year's resolution. So, I'm taking suggestions. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any good Halloween costume ideas. I dressed up as Cat in the Hat one year, so I'll be the Cat in Uh-oh. the Hat. All right, Cat in the Hat. That's decent hat. I like it. <laughs> Was it like figurative, like the word? I just Cat? Actually... I'm just the Cat in the Hat. Yeah,
0: that's pretty decent. That's fantastic. Uh, to all of those who are joining us, good morning. I see a whole bunch of good mornings. It always makes us feel good, man. The live audience really appreciate you guys. We're gonna get in, we got some good stuff this morning. It is, it is the fall. It's that type of year? that, that time of year, where everything overlaps. Uh, one of the sports ended last week, WNBA. But it's the rare time of the year where you've got almost all of it right here, right? You got NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL stories. It it you this is for a sports fan, this is a perfect time of year. But we start the week off <clears throat> uh with a few things. The first is the recap of last night's game. There was still one team left that was undefeated in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, and they matched up against the one loss Green Bay Packers last night in a game that was sure to be uh A competitive matchup between two great teams. Aaron Rodgers still discount, double check. After they got blown out by the Saints in week one, they have gone on a run. They've looked very good. They continued that last night. Uh, And in a game that went back and forth to a certain degree, every time you thought Green Bay was going to pull away, Arizona answered. In a game that we should be talking about uh, all of the back and forth, really everyone's going to be talking about the last play of the game. Yeah, right. With fifty, well, essentially, last play the game, the game that decided the game. Fifteen seconds left, second and goal. Arizona's going in to score. The seventy-two Dolphins are nervous that again, the the, the going to pull it out, win, and and be undefeated, so they can't pop their champagne. And and, and then I'll let I'll let you describe it because the big flow shows had he's had issue with what he saw going. So, you know, so I'll I let Green you. Describe it. That's in my
2: DNA. I hate Green Bay. <clears throat> They're driving down the field. And I still, I feel like AJ Green still doesn't know what happened. He's woke up this morning, he's seen the replay, doesn't understand. But he just runs a simple little out, turns, turns, and it's, the game is over. Let's go. Fifteen seconds for a double check to try to come back and score it doesn't happen. But he stops and lets the man get the interception.
0: AJ Green, we should let everybody know AJ Green's playing with the Cardinals now because I didn't know that before the season. He's with the Cardinals now, so he he is he is on offense playing Inex- with the Cardinals. Inex-
2: inexplicable you can't do that. You can't. You can't. Come on, man.
0: Yes, What's damn, man. <laughs> damn, Inexplicable.
2: You can't do that, man. I don't know. At the end, it of looked day, like he
0: forgot. That it, I don't. I, it might have so been what? miscommunication. Miscommunication. What, what, Spoiler what alert do you for those who haven't seen do? The highlights. What did you think they were going to do? What was he doing? What <laughs> it was looked like a job perfect job. back shoulder throw, which is now the norm in that setting. The perfect back shoulder throw, but AJ Green got caught looking up at the uh, top, top part of the stadium. Uh, like he saw his cousin that he hadn't seen in forever. He yeah. was looking randomly in the air as opposed to looking for the ball. And and uh, Rasul Douglas, uh, yes, he went to West, West Virginia, but he also went to the, you know, play for the East Orange Junior Jaguars. We got championship week this Sunday. Y'all come out and support us, championship week uh, at Paul Robeson Stadium. But that, Rasul Douglas, from East Orange, New Jersey, gets the play of the game because it's a walk-off interception. Arizona gets the one lost The 72 dolphins are popping bottles because indeed, uh, there is no more undefeated for the 21, 22 seasons, uh, this particular season. But, but it was, it was an interesting, interesting ending to a game. Uh, Kyler Murray, who again, I've apologized to several times saying he was too small to play in the NFL. I was wrong. Uh, he continues to, to, to play very well. Uh, it is an amazing start to this week of the NFL when you got a one-loss Green Bay Packers team beat an undefeated Arizona team. It comes down to essentially the last play of the game. Uh, Thursday night football has been criticized by a lot of people, but we got our money's worth last night. That was a heck of a game. they have had some good games on Thursday nights. They have. They have. They moved away from that whole, what was the thing, the splash uniforms, remember that, the, the gimmick oh, on the
2: Thursday color night? color rush.
0: Lightning? Yeah,
1: color, color rush. rush. I
2: didn't know that Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon thing. Was that the Nickelodeon
1: thing? No, They'll do that, that was for the separate, playoffs they separate that was, separate. Oh. That, was separate. that was the playoffs right
0: yeah but I, I i didn't see any gimmicky uh uniforms last night which That's i saw beautiful. this close to Halloween would be the time but they they played very well both teams uh i think both are, are potentially gonna be on a Half towards each other again, the NFC, I, 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 but impossible because I said the Dallas Cowboys going to be an NFC Championship game.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to remind you of that I think we just saw the NFC Championship game, but according to you, you think it's going to be the Cowboys. So who are the Cowboys going to play then? You got the Packers I think the, here. I think
0: the, I, I'm like in the Packers.
2: I like that. Nah, wow. They play again. They play again. AJ's going to know the play and they're going to win. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to happen. He, he be, looked like he had just finished. Uh, hit, even, even after the down. interception, he still didn't look like he understood what was going on. Like, how did you get <laughs> nah, the ball? Like, he forgot where he was. Maybe he was concussed.
0: Yeah. That is so weird. His body language didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense. It he was just though somebody the on the sideline. Went puff, puff, and passed right before he went on the field. He looked high as the kite oh, was uh, on that play. Still not
2: legal, but in, I mean, uh, Arizona's Arizona got to be legal right now. Marijuana. I don't
1: know. Yeah, they think they just legalized it. Yeah, so I think ago. his
2: concession stand at halftime. <laughs> but so, yeah,
1: so given that it's legal, you guys must be smoking because of all the NFC Championship teams. Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be somebody you heard of.
2: Yeah, it didn't even come up, huh?
1: I'm not, I, I'm not. We
2: don't say we must be smoking. That was a conversation with you and B about the cowgirls <laughs> and all those people right there. But you're right. Tampa Bay, until proven otherwise, is uh they gotta be the champ. No, they don't. I like they Arizona don't. though. Arizona has so many names, they like they can sell better football cards than anybody else. They got a lot of talent on that team.
0: They do. Arizona's a, a great team. The receiving
2: Bro. core is ridiculous. They got young talent, they got running backs, they got it. Man, Kyler. Murray. All right, so who who do we
0: see coming out of the AFC? And please chime in uh to all the ball hog audience members, brown. please chime in. Who do, do you guys brown. see coming out of the NFC? We've got three names at least. No, four names, because we said Arizona, Green Bay, uh Tampa Bay, and I'm I'm a minority here, but I think I think the Cowboys have shown me enough to, to suggest that they'll be there. So four names, only two spots. Who do we have coming out of the AFC? Who do you think? And ETP, you better not say the Patriots. At some point, you got to move on. Baby. It's not gonna happen.
1: Tennessee Titans.
0: Titans. Titans. They got like the, the, the best
1: team. running back and quarterback in the game. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass last week. They I go to the say Super who's Ball. their quarterback? It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I know,
2: right? He could throw passes now.
0: Yeah. Ryan Ryan Tannehill hasn't played like last year's Ryan Tannehill. But when you have Derrick Henry in your backfield, it it, it who cares. Who cares? Uh, you know who I think is coming out of the Aves. The Dudu Browns. <laughs> why, why be so disrespectful? We are now one game back. I'm just
2: saying, the Dudu Browns. It's a, a three
0: team race. We're one game back. Everybody and push. Cincinnati did what we needed them to do. They put the pause on the Ravens. And so it is. Uh, I like look, the Ravens. We're, we're three I like names the in.
1: Too. I like we're the three
0: Ravens. names into the AFC North. And I still haven't said the Steelers, who are playing better. Best division in all the football, AFC North. And in Cleveland Browns fashion, because we only know how to do it one way. We gotta go, we, we gotta do it the Bills, hard way. We're gonna Bills be the t- best team in the best division, and that's how we end up coming out of the AFC. Benny, wait, wait, the best, the best, best division is the AFC North. He just that's A- AFC North, best division in football. Don't humor him. Oh, all <laughs> in all of football. In all of football. In all of football. Benny yeah. and Kareem
2: both said uh the Bill. I think he's saying Bill Titans. I don't know. The Bills Bill the Titans. Titans. Yeah. But uh Benny, Benny was very clear with his pick of the Bills. Decent squad. I, I don't, you know, this it.
1: year NFL is competitive. <clears throat> There's no clear that, guys anymore. I mean, that's like saying the Knicks are gonna win the finals. Cool. I can't, I will, I can't accept yeah. the Bills gonna be great. I just can't buy it. They just figure out a way.
2: They got to get somebody to come to Buffalo.
1: One thing losers gonna do
0: lose. Yes, I did it, Bills. I called you guys losers. I just Not did that. Sure right here on the ball hog sports talk get mad as a get, cleveland get, brown get
2: you feel that, that you feel comfortable saying that in public as
0: a cleveland brown yeah yeah hey look we it, we didn't make it to the four Super Bowls, but i feel like if we would have made it to, we'd have won one of them you know if we had so made it if we if
2: it's 2021 <laughs> anything goes that's that's as logical as anything else I've heard. yeah hey, if we, made it, we, we won one, one, them. Lost. We'd won one of lost if i
1: was a billionaire i definitely wouldn't have lost all that money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Um, all right, so that's our NFL recap. Uh, looking into the, some great, great matchups in, in, in uh, the coming week. We'll see uh, a lot of injuries, man. So NFL is going to gonna, come down to injuries. Who who can avoid injuries? That's why I don't like the Patriots. I feel as, excuse me, Patriots, Freudian slip. That's why I don't like the Buccaneers. I feel like ultimately old people get hurt. And they got a lot of old people on that team and ultimately they get hurt. Um, but I, I did like last night seeing who would be considered the prototypical quarterback in Aaron Rodgers going up against the exact opposite in Kyler Murray. He's not a, a, a pro-style pocket quarterback. He might be 5'11". No. Five, 5'10". 5'10". I don't know
1: if he's even. 5'9".
0: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Short. Short. Short, period. He does (laughs) everything that they tell you not to do. He'll throw across his body. It just makes it work. He's a winner, though. Watching those two play together in the same game and having the impact that they both did on their teams, it just goes to show you, man, it ain't one size fit all when it comes to playing quarterback in the NFL. Did, did was that did that look like that to you guys last night? It just look like the I'm the, the just economy of those Ryan. two in that matchup was pretty interesting.
2: Kyler, Kyler, you know, you get used to seeing him. He's like Roscoe out there, just out there running around. And he's so quick, you God know like, Roscoe. Like,
0: Snotty knows Roscoe. Don't do a yeah, man like that.
2: On, man. But he's so quick when he runs. just it's on the bottom, like little like dash from the from the uh
0: Incredibles or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just I'm this, used to was it. Was this supposed to be a compliment? This this was you this, this is your compliment angle. Yeah. You now call him Roscoe and Dash. And this, and Dash. this is the angle. But, he's, but he's so but it's like
2: it's so crazy that you're just used to it now. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Just I've I've been watching him do it, he keeps doing it. I'm convinced he belonged. No matter what happens in, in his career now, he belonged in the NFL, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like he oh, yeah. just gave a little flash. He belonged, he's put some seasons together, you know, whatever happens from here stop talking about that with the when you look at
0: him on on film he looks like a baseball player right just his stature he looks like oh he's gonna be a perfect baseball player but he showed all of us that when you follow your dreams baby follow those dreams uh we gotta get some other nfl stories there's some good ones that we'll get to real quickly uh but i I have to at least bring them up uh one is the gentleman who plays quarterback in tampa bay
1: How you forgot yeah. his name? You're the president of the fan. Club. I know, right? Because I was going too far down the rabbit, 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 rabbit hole.
0: Rabbit somebody rabbit. Asked, Somebody, a, a friend of mine called me like, "Yo, I thought you really didn't like Tom Brady, man. I've been peeping out your shows lately. It's like on the Tom Brady train." So I let me just make it clear, like, because I don't want nobody to be confused. Don't be confused. I don't like that dude. I don't like him. I think he cheated. You know what I'm saying? I, I hate on him any opportunity I can. I imagine just because we haven't had a face-to-face, so I can make this statement, I imagine his breath is stank. His breath got to be ranking. Anything I can say about him, he probably got a bunion on every toe. Anything I can say about him that no one can verify I'm going to say about him, I dislike him that much. But after saying all that, I got to respect him. Especially now because his 600th – man, 600. 600 TD touchdown went to Mike Evans. And Mike Evans didn't really appreciate the significance of the moment and just gave the ball away. <laughs> gave up the ghost. Gave up the ghost. And so now there's this back and forth where they're trying to figure out what uh, the equipment manager went and, and, and secured the ball. The fan gave the ball back, but now there is a sort of the the the, the after effect of them trying to come to terms of what the value of the ball is. So, what are some of the things that this fan has gotten? ETP, I know you're familiar with this. This fan has gotten fill in the blank for giving that 600 TD ball, which will go down as I mean I, he won't get to 700. So this is the one. This is the football that has to like
2: to Tom go. Brady gonna retire anytime soon. He'll be playing with your kids in the league. He not. I mean,
1: he's on pace. He's on pace <laughs> to throw 97,000 touchdowns this year. So. <laughs> I think he easily crushed 700. How did um, this
0: segment where I started <laughs> off hating on Tom Brady become so Tom Brady favorite? Hey, you rubbed already?
1: off on me, man. You oh rubbed off God. on me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got to show my love for Tom Brady now. Um, But he got – so the fan who willingly gave up the ball, did not negotiate before he gave up the ball, he got – Didn't even get tased. You'd have to tase me. Yeah, he done. Done. No, didn't even get tased. You didn't <laughs> even make it an event. <laughs> say, you want what back? Yeah.
0: Huh? <laughs> Yeah, with nah, play it they ain't gonna. Didn't work. even See? hand
1: it to the getaway driver. No, nah,
0: man, I'm going <laughs> now. We're gonna, we gonna test these hands, right. but he's a black belt. It's okay, that's fine. I can figure it out. I, I, I wonder if ball. the fan
2: knew when they came over to him that it was the 600 ball. They were, the news had already broke out to him. Where they say, Hey, man, let me get that ball from you real quick?
0: And right. turn and walk away. <laughs> Sports you know, updates happen immediately. Nah, 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 nah. like, come on, sometimes man. Sometimes you're in your the phone. stadium,
2: that's the last place that you want to be because you don't get all that. You, know, you got it. Maybe the fan didn't go. know.
0: To your credit, maybe the fan didn't know. I went in thinking the fan knew and still handed that 600 TD ball back to the equipment manager, to which his entire family, his entire lineage, that is a, a generation-changing item that you have, right, to have in your family. It, it should be an heirloom. His whole family should have disowned him on the spot. You gave the ball back? The 600 TD that Tom Brady threw,
1: and you gave the ball back? Come on, well, man. He, at at first glance, he squandered an opportunity. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. if he was the Cleveland Browns and if they had made it to the Super Bowl, they would have won, right? <laughs> so, Are you playing my emotions? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I give him a history. But he was I'm but he it. was compensated. Right? Had he been because, a history teacher, he would.
1: Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Give.
1: Things like that back. (laughs) But but he was compensated. He was compensated well. He so he got he's getting some helmets and jerseys. So Mike Evans, the receiver for the Bucks. Helmets and
0: jerseys, stop it.
1: Hold on. I'm not I'm not finished. He gave up the ball accidentally, so that started this whole scandal, so to speak. (laughs) It slipped. And so Mike Evans is throwing in some signed cleats and jerseys. Tom Brady promised that he's gonna give a helmet, some jerseys, so he's gonna get some valuable memorabilia apparel. Uh, he is also getting two season tickets for the rest of this season and for next season, which if you've been to an NFL game lately, that's not a small item. But then yeah. on top of that, he got a Bitcoin gifted to him from Tom Brady, which is currently valued. I think a little over $60,000. Okay. And then on top of that, how do you Gronkowski, give somebody a Bitcoin
0: by the way? We it's about like, the it's like buying a share stock. Like you put, I give you, you a speaker. Bitcoin. What do I do?
2: It's not tangible. I digress. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll give somebody.
1: Talk to your financial advisor. Somebody text me in the comments. We we are not authorized to operate as a fiduciary (laughs) (laughs) representative. (laughs) Um, they rich
0: people problems. Don't stop asking us about rich people. How do you I'm give you a Bitcoin? We I'm don't know. Bitcoin. I apologize.
1: I apologize. <laughs> I don't even know how to give somebody a. Somebody show me how to then give. Sign me a it Bitcoin. over.
0: Right. Yeah. How do you give my Bitcoin? <laughs> stop. Stop bringing them rich people. You can't questions in here. I don't know. <laughs> you can't answer. Right. And you. Have all right. So so you I'd feel like ready. he, he was... also
1: he also got some crypto. So then Gronkowski got involved and gifted him some alternative crypto, which was valued at about thirty thousand. So all in. He made easily over a hundred grand and he Mm -hmm. got the goodwill of looking like a you know a nice guy, giving Tom Brady back his you know prize possession and no. How much leverage you have with that
0: football? Like you literally could say, like, look, man, I don't want to be offensive and I wouldn't do anything crazy. But if you want this football back, I got I gotta get a a dinner night with Giselle. Like it's it's like (laughs) You know Tom Brady would have considered it. He's like, yeah. so
2: you're saying like, is it dinner? And he movies? said, man, I got 599 other balls just like yeah. that. I should kill yourself. <laughs> so he said,
1: game. well, he did say the fan said didn't say he wanted dinner with Giselle. He said he wanted a round of golf with Brady, which he could have negotiated. I don't think that's gonna happen now, especially since he's like, dog, I gave you a Bitcoin. Get off my phone. <laughs> yeah, you know what though, we all need more friends like Gronkowski. Why the hell did
2: Gronkowski give him something? Yeah, why are you involved? <laughs> i need friends like that you know any of my friends listen when i'm in a situation where it's a pr nightmare i need you to come to my rescue and give people cryptocurrency for nothing you have nothing to do with the story is that like is he trying to
1: like Top I, change. It makes what, you question the, the value of the crypto clearly he's trying to pump it's up a the dollar that
2: cryptocurrency nothing to do with gronkowski he didn't get the, he's supposed to be mad hit with the ball didn't go to him
1: right that's uh, well, he's just trying to, to raise new age, like, man. It yeah, drops yeah. off 30,000 in cryptocurrencies. Yeah, he's trying sure. to build up that demand, but things are changing, up That price,
0: <laughs> he's trying to get followers. That's ain't no I about.
1: and team, yeah, ain't no we either. Yeah.
0: Um, he feels as though it's we when it comes to a team situation. That's 600, it, good, good for Gronkowski. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, Titans and KC, man, great game. KC continues to spiral. Out of control. So much so that they like they let Derrick Henry throw a touchdown. When you thought Superman was done, he shows you another superpower. Derrick Henry throwing touchdowns. I don't know what else. I, it is going to become like the last boycott, Boy Scout. Somebody's going to pull out a gun and try to shoot that man to stop him. That's about the only way you got a shot. And even then, it better be a good, a good shot because he is invincible right now. Uh, the odds that Kansas City makes the playoffs are down to like 40%.
1: It's that high? Who would
0: have thunk? Who would have thunk it? The odds that Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, swimming and all that money, Andy Reid, the genius himself, Eric Bieniemy, who's considered the hottest assistant coach in the NFL, Whoa. all all of the firepower, and they might not be in the playoffs.
1: Playoffs. Playoffs. That uh, that half a billion ain't looking like such a good investment right now. Well, got to pay for some defense.
0: Got to play for, pay for defense. And everybody else, you're taking everybody's best shot. Truth or matter, Cleveland should have beat them, too. I know. I digress. It keeps coming back to that. We should beat them, too. <laughs> but you're taking everybody's best shot, except Cleveland's punter, And who lost the game. And now Kansas City is showing that they got some kinks in armor. They're, they're showing some kinks in armor. What do you guys think? Um, Quickly, before we get – we got to get to AFC North again. Uh, what do you think? Is Kansas City done <laughs> – no, not you think that. they make the playoffs in 2021 2022 season? I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say they're gonna get it together starting this week. They're, it, it
2: it, they're running out of time, they are, they're running out of time quickly. But what they don't want, the NFL doesn't want us for them to get a real high draft pick and, and pick somebody real nice because that they still got a squad in there, just they're just a little off-kilter. They the off kilter. They are, they uh, are.
0: Anything about the, the Kansas City Chiefs that you could tell us that we don't already know? Give me some faith that they're gonna come back, ETP. Are you or you and my camp believe that the the Titanic, the band is playing this thing's over? That <laughs> ship is sinking.
1: It's tough. I can't see them missing the playoffs, but they're third in their division alone right now. They're basically tied for an opportunity to make the wild card. It's gonna be an uphill battle. If they, you know, it's funny when we started the season, people were saying, oh well, maybe defenses have figured out Lamar Jackson. He's showing them that he, they haven't maybe defenses are starting to figure out Patrick Mahomes, which is a crazy idea. If we, if I had said that in August, you would call me crazy.
0: Nah, they would they they would have drug tested you on the spot, but yet we see it right before our very eyes. He doesn't seem invincible anymore. Um, the Bengals who I have to talk about did what no one thought they were going to be able to do beat the Ravens and look good doing it convincingly. Uh, the ravens are for real. Now, like I said, it is the best division in all of football. Uh while I thought that would be the story of all stories in the AFC North, another story kind of surfaced out of nowhere. Somehow some way we're talking about Mike Tomlin getting the USC job or being considered the favorite for the USC job, which means that he wouldn't be in Pittsburgh anymore. And then you look at what Mike Tomlin has been able to do with this Pittsburgh Steeler team. And you look at his record. He's never had a losing record. And then and, and last year with the injuries and Mike Tomlin should have been up for like coach of the year. And we are talking about Mike Tomlin taking another job. Pittsburgh is notorious for keeping their coaches, but yet Mike Tomlin is the center of a conversation about USC and Mike Tomlin's response to this rumor that he's the head candidate for USC, I thought was beautiful. First, he's like, they ain't got enough money. Ain't no booster <laughs> with enough money. That, like so, so if indeed it is a conversation, he just upped Annie. Y'all better back up the Brinks truck. But it seemed as though Mike Tomlin took a little umbrage, took a little issue with how the conversation was playing out and said, I bet... I don't remember two coaches. Who do you say? Uh, Sean Payton. Who else do you say? Andy Reid. Sean Payton, and Andy Reid. I'm sure they don't have to answer these questions. Basically, saying when a black man is put in this position, you guys create this narrative that my job is insecure, or that my career is some way, somehow on on unsteady ground. Why are you talking about me going to the USC Trojans? when I'm the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did he have some validity in making that statement, that comparison? Cause I, he's right. I don't hear a bunch of Andy Reid rumors or, or Sean Payton rumors, but the only difference between the two is, or the three rather is, is one of the three is black. The other two are, are white coaches. Is Mike Tomlin on to something or, or, or should he took it just as a compliment that USC and their fans want him as their coach? Hey, when I first heard this story, um, <clears throat> You know, I, I heard the, the interview with, with
2: Carson Palmer. The way Carson Palmer was describing it was completely complimentary as from a standpoint is he wants the best for USC. And he's just thinking, we it's, it's, he thinks, he went there. He thinks it's the greatest job on earth. So from his standpoint, he's biased. I didn't look at it as an insult. You know, he said, you know, maybe Tomlin is, is tired of, you know, have, you know, doesn't want to deal with having to try to find a, a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. And just talking about what he could be tired of in the job and how this could be a great job for him. So really... In some ways, he was trying to sell Tomlin on this job, so he knows that this would be an unbelievable get. Uh, I never really thought about it until, you, until I heard this morning about that comparison by people asking the question, but you're right. The media should have then said, this is preposterous. Why on earth would he ever take a job like this? Like, if you said Nick Saban was going to go take a job at a D2 school, someone would, would be like, the hell are you talking about? Like the, the media would tell you it's crazy. But I love that,
0: that you just made that analogy because that's so disrespectful to USC. Add more to it, baby. Add more to it. I love no,
2: it. No, but I mean,
0: really, the NFL, one of the one of the pillars of, of football.
2: I mean, the Steelers are like, you know, top five NFL programs of all time. And he's the head coach, the third the head Steelers. coach. I'm a Browns he's fan. been there anyway. for so long. Whether you like him or not, the Steelers yeah. is, is a very is fair. a is a just a, a super Respectable, high, you know, job to get only two other people have had the job in the last however many years, and to say that USC, like, oh yeah, we could, you know, we should, we should have him quit that great job he has to come take this job. And let's face it, USC has not been the destination it's supposed to be for a couple years now. They've been kind of, I mean, we 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 haven't even talked trash once yet on this show about the fact that Notre Dame pistol whipped them because it's not even that big of a deal anymore, right? (laughs) Yeah. So at the end of the day, it should be insulting to him. And I didn't think about it, and I feel guilty that I didn't think that right away. I feel guilty that I didn't say that because I, I got duped by Palmer and
0: his cell job about why it would be so great. But he should be insulted by that. Do we just get, and, and I wasn't, I didn't, when I first heard it, didn't get offended either. Is it that we get lulled into this narrative that the media has, whether consciously or subconsciously, that puts brothers like Mike Tomlin under a microscope that is different than his 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 peers, different than Sean Payton, different than Andy Reid. Are we are, like are, are, did I fall for the banana and the tailpipe by even having a discussion about of Mike Tomlin going to USC. Because as they started talking, I was like, oh, I could see that he probably really get along with young people, and you know, I could see him being a good recruiter. Never did I think like that's offensive. So maybe I was I, I was lulled into. I'm that. with you. I have to admit, I'm
2: with you. I I fell for it, and I. And when you think about it, if someone said Andy
0: Reid would be up for the USC job, you'd be like,
2: what the hell? Why would
0: Andy Reid even consider going to USC, right? Yep. Uh, ETP, I don't know what you thought about it, man. Mike Tomlin, when you look at his record, I remember when Steelers fans had the audacity, had the nerve, To start saying, yeah, well, but Mike Tomlin, he he can't win the big one. Or, you know, they were uneasy about some of the gaps uh, uh, in the game or time management, clock management. And I'm thinking, every NFL team would die to have a Mike Tomlin. Look at the man's record. But I was just saying, those are fans being fans. You can never be too perfect for a fan. You mess up once, and that's why I told you Mike Tomlin. But to, to see it now become a lot more universal, it's not just Steelers fans being hypercritical of their coach. The sports world literally had a conversation about Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers with the record that he has taking the job at USC.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, Tomlin is a, is a unique personality, right? Like he's just, when you start talking about great coaches and I was just going to mention, you know, one of the, the viewers walter douglas mentioned he doesn't have a great pr machine like the other like the other coaches he's not he's not a firebrand like he's not a you know he's not a, a celebrity coach he's just an under the radar he fits very well in the Pittsburgh steelers organization he get he goes to work he delivers he keeps grinding the he's also a victim of success a successful organization right because even though he's never had a losing record up until Tom Brady <laughs> was dropped from Krypton we basically had the Pittsburgh Steelers with a gold standard of NFL football right the most championships they were they had they were perennial champions and so even with him being as great of a coach as he is like you said in any other situation he's basically having parades and keys to the city every sunday because of his success but the Pittsburgh Steelers job is a hard one to impress the general public because the Pittsburgh Steelers have been successful for so long. So for I'm just I guess where I'm just confused where this came from. Like who's Carson Palmer talking to? And was he in a meeting where they're like, you know what would be great? <laughs> Mike Tomlin. Like that's just like an imaginary brainstorm. Cause where does that where does that come from? Where does where does the thought that you're gonna go get the third coach in the past 50, 60 years for one of the greatest football franchise, sports franchises in the world. And you're going to talk them into coming and taking a coaching job, even though it's in California, which is a little bit nicer weather than Pittsburgh. And it's a high profile gig. But yet and again, it's a springboard to a pro gig. Why would you slide back? So it I don't really, know where it came from. You can't from be mad at USC, to...
2: though. You can't be mad right. at USC or Shoot your, that because... Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Yeah, they, they, they want the best. They would like to have, you know. Nick Saban, they'd like to have. I mean, just name the fill in the bill. They'd love to have Bill Belichick to be the coach, right? I mean, of course they would. Why wouldn't you? But it's 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 us that should feel uh, disappointed in ourselves and the media that should be disappointed for even letting that conversation go. Now, I do believe the way that he is 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 demeanor and the ways he carries himself. If you take away the fact that it's insulting, I think he'd be such a great college coach because I think. <clears throat> I think that just raising young men, I think he would do such a great job influencing them. So, for that purpose, I would love to—I'd love for my son to be able to, you know, be in a situation where he could play for a man like that. But it is completely, and is completely—I'm ashamed of myself for not laughing it off right when it came out because I absolutely would have done for Andy Reid or for for uh, Sean Payton. I would have been like, "What USC? You kidding me?" And and I'm I'm embarrassed that I didn't. And he immediately feel the same way when it came to uh, to Tomlin. Um, so he should be offended by that. I think he should be offended. And Mike Tomlin, I apologize to you. Uh,
0: well said. In this episode of Trick or Treat, uh, that is the quintessential Trick or Treat. Right? Uh, them getting a Mike Tomlin would be a treat, USC. But I think we were tricked into having the conversation and not pretending as though uh, it was an insult. Uh, a good time to transition into another sub-story of the NFL, the Rooney Rule changing, and now each one of the organizations needing not to uh, interview one, but two diverse candidates. Uh, uh, Mike Tomlin has, has been, when I think of the Rooney Rule and I think of some of the challenges, uh, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin has been one of the positives that has come out of what the Rooney Rule was intended uh, and, and look, it's called the Rooney Rule. So it has connections to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, going from one mandatory interviewee that is a person of, of, of color, a diverse candidate, to two, are, 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 are we getting closer to it having real teeth, the rule itself? We've talked about the rule being window dressing uh, several times here on the Ball Ballhawk Sports Talk. But going from one to two mandatory interviewees, are 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 we getting a little closer to it having a little more substance uh e.
1: I, I mean this forced it's it, the the problem the problem alone is in that there has to be mandates right and the reality is the pipeline the talent pool the amount of play people that have come through the pipeline and played you know we're talking 60 70 you know 80% at some point black and we're still requiring mandates so i don't know that okay now you have to you know now you have to interview an external candidate in person now you have to interview two candidates i don't if it's not changing like you're trying to continue to tighten the screws to say hire black people hire hire a black man for this position hire a black person for this position the fact that if the numbers are still dismal i don't know that ratcheting it up a tiny bit it just shows how Failed. The concept is because people are just checking boxes. That's what they were doing before. Now they're like, "Here's more boxes to check." So it's an inherent issue. I don't know that this is this can't be a bad thing, right? You're requiring more exposure. It it encourages more people to go through the pipeline. But are we still going to see that that disparity gets resolved? I don't necessarily see it until there's more like systemic change. We don't once we talk talk black ownership and diversity at that level. I don't necessarily see any real incentive to change the makeup of the coaching staffs
0: i'll say this because that rhetorical that we often have well it can't be a bad thing because now they're interviewing too I, I i say that it, it absolutely could be a bad thing it's almost like when um of course i was happy when the first black president was elected but then there was this other side of me that said uh people with racist views are going to feel as though they've been absolved from the history. Mm -hmm. And similar to it's a very large leap that I'm trying to make here, but I'm gonna make it anyway, similar to this scenario, the negative in it, it could be a bad thing because now those who have no intentions of really giving people of color real opportunity in decision making roles in their organization can can use as a crutch. Yeah, I mean, but we interviewed two brothers. It just didn't work out. We got twice the coverage, twice the excuse, twice the man, we we had two black candidates in here. It just didn't work out. We decided to go in a different direction. I'll let you take us home on this one, uh, the big flow show before we move on. I, it's it's like it's like bone throwing that it's that there's I guess
2: like no meat on the bone. It's just it's again, it's like to me it's an insult of our intelligence. Okay, we're gonna just force you. Here in the wake of the, uh, you know, Washington football t- uh, teams email leak, now we come out and say, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna interview two black people or two two minorities uh, to, to to each job, and we can do this." And they have to be in person. And what are we? What are we doing? They have to be in person. It can't be on Zoom. okay uh, All these rules. What are you? What are you doing? Like, who's falling for that? Like, I want to know who. Who sat down in the room and negotiated that and said, "This is what I want." Like, who was like, "All right, that's cool, we got something." You know, is, is that what D. Smith is doing? Is that I don't know who, who comes up with this stuff, but like,
0: I don't understand. You think you think I, so? You think D. Smith had on his kente cloth and put up his black power fist as soon as he heard it, they went from one candidate? To like, I've never talked to, anybody, to the people.
2: I've never talked to anyone ever <laughs> in the casual conversation, black, white, or any color that said that they thought it was a that it, this is anything i've never heard anyone say man this is fantastic move this is great so i just don't i don't see where just interviewing these people i mean have we seen more black coaches because of it no you know they come and they go and they do whatever have we seen more more rope given to people you know equal rope i shouldn't say more rope. equal rope being given to to black coaches no so it's stupid i'm mad i'm mad that we're even discussing it
0: that we have a question here uh, presented in the live audience, which I like. At what point do they mandate that a woman or a member of the LGBTQ plus community be interviewed? Mandates don't change systems. Uh, so the end, the statement, mandates don't change systems, is what we seem to all be saying here. But the question before that, it is just a matter of time. And if you look at the influence of communities, um, whether underserved in certain spaces, sports LGBTQ community definitely I would consider to be uh, underrepresented.
1: Well, does All that? Right? Sorry, does that fall within the Rooney Rule? Does that since they are? Uh, I don't. Group, I, I don't know. It I think
0: it, but it, it could. It, it, it could. I don't know. I, have I don't to look. I get. To it. I, I tell you. I
2: take. And I know this. This might not be popular for the viewers, but I don't care. I take offense to. Uh, I do. I take offense when. Other people, other groups of people, try to get involved. Like you know, women coaches in football. What have women done with football that that they deserve a seat at the table? Black Black people deserve a seat at the table because without black people, there would be no NFL. There would be no football.
0: Well, some would say without those players, though. Look at all the mothers that raised those young men and okay, well, everyone's allowed all them to, to play a play. risky game like football. I'm just saying, like we haven't had.
2: But the, you mean the, the particip
1: a- direct participation is what, yeah? just part- right?
2: this game has not been built on the uh the backs of L- LGBT uh plus community. Sorry if I got that wrong because
0: I'm if you got a Q, but you're
2: good. Of a Q community they haven't been there, they haven't been a pillar of this league that have created people. And I'm sure there's been a lot of pay- players and uh that have not come out that have played whatever, but it hasn't been like largely based off of that. Women haven't have played a major role in, in, in football and they haven't done something so when you start throwing that around in the same conversation as black coaches, it's super offensive to me. And I'm like, what? Get man, listen, talk to me in, in 50 years. Come back to me in 50 years when you've been, when you start to get your weight up and start to really participate in the sport. And then you can start talking about you need a seat at the table. I feel like you know, I don't know how many women assistant coaches we have. And, doing you know, reffing is different. There's no reason why a man or woman or anybody couldn't be a ref. I don't think about that. But, like, with the coaches and stuff, we got a, these women coaches. We still don't have equal representation with black coaches. And now we have women jumping the line and, and, and coming involved. From what? From what dues have, have been paid? That all of a sudden now we need to get these extra groups saying, we need our, our seat at the table, too, in the NFL. Go sit down until we start to get the the – until we start to get the the stuff with the bike, go sit down somewhere because nobody has played a part in this sport except for that, that that's been uh discriminated against except black folks. So that's me. I'm off my soapbox. If you don't like it, like right, please comment and 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 then delete it because I don't
0: care. <laughs> <laughs> but you invite them to share it, but you're letting them know. <laughs> but they delete it after you right, share or it. Or cause cause I don't care. care. I just uh, that's a great question though just just how long is it going to be before you know you 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 substitute black candidate for lgbtq member or a woman candidate seems as though that we're going down that path i think the nfl in its campaign to support the lgbtq community and the uh is it trevor was it what's the the project um Trevor. I'm, yeah. The Trevor, Trevor Project. Trevor Project, which is, is essentially supporting people to come out of the closet. And one additional encourage encouraging or, or supportive adult, one additional supportive adult, how it, it reduces the risk of uh, a LGBTQ community member committing suicide or becoming depressed. or, And so and I'm with that. But you see how quick the NFL Was able to put together that campaign, and it's an impressive campaign. It just seems as though, if you compare that to the fact that you know there's still very few minority coaches outside of Mike Tomlin. You got Robert Sala and David Cully. David Cully was he's a stopgap provision. He he's not a long-term solution in Houston. We all know that. Uh, Three minority general managers: Martin Mayhew, Brad Holmes, Terry. Fontenot, I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, but all of them are just hired in the last cycle. And yet the LGBTQ community definitely has the support of the NFL. And I do think that there will be a mandate soon that says when you're interviewing candidates, uh, the LGBTQ community has to be one of those. I don't know if it'd be a part of the Rooney rule or something separate. Uh, it's really, really interesting, man. And we talked about how, you know, uh, uh, the the emails that came out right Washington football team Gruden would have been fine if it if the only offensive thing he said was about uh yeah, Maurice cool. Smith and his rubber lips I don't remember it saying. was the second round of emails that included some homophobic language language that got him in trouble in hot water and and, and it's just really interesting to see the, the different responses into to th- those respective communities
1: Um, well, I think, yeah, I think the, the interesting thing about the response, right? So there's the internal, I think the question is about the tolerance internally, right? I mean, when, when it came out about D Smith and how these racist comments, I mean, the amount of black people of influence that you had coming out, essentially playing apologist for those statements and we should forgive him and all of this. Yeah, The amount of support that came out by black people for their statements. Once the, once you started seeing things come out about misogyny and homophobia and all of those comments, you didn't have Carl Nassib didn't stand up and nope. say, I know this, I know his heart. Everything is great. No, there's an intolerance by those communities. That's different than the intolerance that the black community represents. And that limits how much the recourse is. And I understand we're disenfranchised. Black people are disenfranchised from having influence to make change historically. But there's also the fact that these people, Black people stood up. As soon as those emails came, they didn't even, probably didn't even read the whole thing. They came out and were making statements. I've, I've worked with him for 30 years. There's no way he's racist. Apologizing on behalf of a white man that's made racist, misogynist, homophobic statements no women represent his wife. Didn't come out and say anything. <laughs> Carl NASA <Nassib laughs> didn't come out and say nothing. They don't. They it. not have in wife.' wife and survival.
0: Could that be a, a byproduct of of survival? Though absolutely, you and that and bitch. that's
1: the disenfranchised. Yeah. So that I mean, if we, if we're gonna go there, like yes, in order to maintain that survival and to even be considered in a in a position of minor influence, you have to kind of support and defend. The system, right? And black people have been for survival, have had to support and defend the system for many years. We and see. so that cultural element plays out here. I'm not saying that there's not a reason for it, but at the same time, that's why you see the difference in the impact and the, and the outcry because black people, the, the amount of black people that came to his defense as soon as that email came out was outstanding.
2: Without even, yeah. getting I the wish full that story. would happen for things that were. What's that? you that? Say? I mean, like the full story hadn't even been out yet, and they couldn't wait to come out and start yeah. saying it. Sometimes right. I say this. Listen, I got a uh, you know, ton of friends of all backgrounds, whatever, and if one of my white friends does some 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 stuff that shocks me that comes out of character, my first thing is I'm going to say nothing until I figure out further. I'm not just going to come forward and just blindly cut for him or anybody, right? Right. So. Look, okay, he obviously never said that you have – he looks like you have michelin tire lips, right? He never told you that. So when you hear that he said it, before you start jumping in front of the swords, sit back and say, well, what else did he say, right. right? People get shocked all the time. People get shocked and find out that – people are married to somebody for 30 years and find out they don't know who, who they've been sleeping next to all this time. So yeah. why are we like, – to your point, why are we so quick to just jump out in front of the, the microphone and cut for this man? Hold on, man. Let's find out what else he said in this email. Nope. I'm going to cut for him. And hats off to the uh LGBTQ community for saying shit. I'm not speaking up for him. Carl was like, he said, like, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. How about that? Yeah,
0: I, I need a mental You guys cut
2: for him. I need to stay home. I, yeah. don't, I thought this dude was trying to be cool to me, but this is how he did. Michael Sam and all that stuff. I liked him. We, we too, we're too damn forgiving of, of
0: stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, look, uh Dave Chappelle used the N-word and talked about black folk for his entire career. And his last special, people are trying to cancel him and get a pull from Netflix for one very specific skit that offended the LGBTQ plus community. So I, it's just interesting to see that that may, maybe now we're in a position where we can look back on it. Maybe the art of survival has has really undermined our ability to thrive in a in a in a in a league that's 80% black it's almost embarrassing that you only have 3 executives that are people of color 3 coaches and and the executives recently hired it's almost embarrassing it's almost embarrassing, right? If you think about it, and 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 yet,
1: what what makes it only almost? I guess is the
0: question. Um,
1: the the reason I say <laughs> oh, almost, we had to people, add to it that would actually convince the reason you. I say are you almost, the victim of the <laughs> you a victim of no, the systemic. We are, though. we all are. <laughs> of course, of course. Maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm I a situation, but the, the reason, reason I look
2: back at myself and I'm embarrassed by it because I'm like I'm a victim of it because I let myself think it too. I Other people program me to think a certain way, and I think that's. That like goes to the almost embarrassing. You don't even
0: want to go all go full embarrassed. Jump over the cliff. Say embarrassed. Embarrassed. But okay. I Oops. add almost to it because of this. And the caveat that I that I always try to remember. And um when we had other people on the show, there's been other personalities that have taken a lot more of an aggressive uh, pro black stance when it comes to the NFL. Um, we had the I'm with Cap movement. We had people that were turning off the TV. And the reason I add almost to my description of it is it's also a league that pays a lot of black men handsomely, that as long as they combine that financial windfall with some financial literacy, if they can pool their money together, you can go out and establish your own power outside and independent of your relationship with the league. So that's the only reason I add almost because it's also a league that's paying people handsomely that, that, that look like us. They're in a different tax bracket than most Americans. Uh, and so doing something with that opportunity is, 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 I guess I put almost on it because still brothers getting paid and there are going to be racists in this world. I think that, that what we're calling the artist survival is also, uh, the level of acceptance is we've accepted that we've accepted that ignorance will exist. I don't accept that ignorance will, will, will change. My self-confidence, my self-worth, what I teach my kids about being black, but I do accept that ignorance will exist. And the acceptance is where the LGBTQ community has said, nah, B, we're good. Right. It, it, it can't exist. Right. And 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 I think the community is on to something because saying no to it and nipping in the bud is at least publicly gonna change it from existing, right? And there are gonna be people that have these comments and and make statements in 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 their private exchanges. Um, And someone said earlier that the email should be released. But the people of power have the most to lose if the emails are released. Those emails are gonna disclose a lot of things that the NFL does not want to talk about. I think it's a perfect transition for us to the NHL story and the Blackhawks. The fact that they're still called the Blackhawks. Look at their mascot. Completely (laughs) misappropriated a cultural image for indigenous people, and they're still called the Blackhawks. So it doesn't surprise me that this is the same place that, you know, what, 12 years ago now to 11 years ago, there was a sexual assault that took place that was reported that people knew about, that HR was involved in, that went largely unchecked. Mm-hmm. I never heard about it. No, I'm here. Led to predatory behavior. The guy was still on staff. And, and the person on staff bragged and I was consensual. It was consensual sex. That story blows my mind. is sad. Uh, for those who don't know, the NHL story, uh, former Blackhawks player complained of being sexually assaulted. Uh, I think they were at an away game. I don't remember what, exactly where it happened, but it was in a hotel. And since the predatory behavior has made itself be known this person has been convicted um of assault of, of, of someone else uh there's a teenager that came out there's just it we when you start peeling back the layers it's a really ugly story really ugly story and i think it only happens because the power the people in power are able to really control what we know they're able to control sort of um how they protect their own. And that's what I do like about, to, to bring all of these sort of, make it a casserole of, of topics here. That's what I do like about the LGBTQ community is that they are protecting their own. Um, very sad to see what happened with the Blackhawks, but not surprising. I don't know if either one of you wanted to weigh in before we move to some NBA stuff, but I had to at least acknowledge that that's a really bad story.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the. There's a lot of bad parts of this story, but one of the worst things is this happened 11 years ago, right? And and it wasn't in hiding, uh, you know. Kyle Beach, who was the the Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks player, uh, and this video video coach, not even you know a, a assistant coach, not even a head coach, but video coach for the team. Essentially assaulted him. He reported it. The worst thing that happened to that coach, the coach's name, uh Brad Aldridge. The worst thing that happened to him, he was forced to resign, but he got a severance package. He, he got a he got a <laughs> he finished the season. He got his name etched on the Stanley Cup and he got a championship ring.
2: And got to got to hold the cup for a day. That in that little ceremony thing. Got to rock yeah. with the
0: cup. Yeah, Mr. Mr. The, the former player Beach was saying that that was one of the hardest days seeing that co- that coach holding up the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, playoff bonus, and he yeah, and he was there at the banner raising ceremony, and then he was found having sexually assaulted two men at Miami University in Ohio when he was the director of hockey operations. Then <laughs> he was found as a volunteer hockey coach for a high school team in Michigan assaulted allegedly assaulted a teenage player the police tried to cover it up on his behalf um and he resigned and then finally he was sentenced to jail uh 9 months for assaulting a high school player and then 11 years later they reopened oh, the lawsuit good. because right. uh Kyle Beach basically filed the lawsuit anonymously and then finally just came out so to your point, this is a systemic cover-up. It wasn't one person. Yes, one person started the process, but, I mean, we're talking law enforcement. We're talking executives of, organi- you know, multi-million, dollars organizations covering this up for a video coach, <laughs> not not a franchise player, not a assistant coach, not a head coach, not a GM, a video coach. Well, 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 yes, on behalf of the video coach,
0: sort of. The, they were trying to protect. They were trying to protect the Blackhawks. They were of trying. Course, to course, they, they were. protecting
1: the institution, the right. system.
0: Yeah, well, Joe
2: Quinlan had to quit,
1: but they wouldn't, wouldn't even throw him that. to the wolves for it. Right. They yeah. wouldn't even sacrifice a video coach to do it.
2: Well, Quinlan, which was forced to resign right now from from his position. Um, I don't know how we feel about that with the Quinlan situation because I don't know if this is a Quinlan issue or if this is a, an issue with. The, the ownership of the Blackhawks, the general manager of the Blackhawks. I mean, I know he's the head coach, but he's definitely not the head man in this situation. Um, he's a video coach. I mean, the per- he didn't hire the video coach. The video coach is hired by uh, Bowman or whoever the, um, you know, Stan Bowman, I believe, was the president. Uh, so he's forced to resign. I don't know how you guys feel about that. If That's collateral damage to def- deflect. Is that the Blackhawks trying to deflect to someone? I'm not saying that he shouldn't have or shouldn't have, but, but I just something seems weird about it to me that he's the one who's being put to blame for all this as opposed to the Blackhawks organization
0: and their ownership. Did the, did the player just tell Quinlan? No, there are a lot of disclosures in there. I think Quinlan had – what they're going to do is, by way of this lawsuit, follow the chain of command. Some of those emails are coming out. But you got to remember, this happened – you know, this is this is 2011 this goes down. Yeah. This is the height of the Jerry Sandusky
2: issue and this is the height of the the, the bull or the Blackhawks run for
0: Stanley Cup run for championship so so that's why you know you're when you're protecting the institutions you're protecting them from what was a at that point you thought Penn State would never be Penn State again They're you bad. thought they were done forever true or not I I did I'll say mm. I'll I'll just go ahead and say I did I was like well you know, I mean, they're 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 ripping down Joe Paw's statue and take vacating wins and recruits will never go there again. And so I think the protection was to make sure that they didn't experience the same downfall. But very sad story. I, 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 I'm, you know, that wrong is wrong. There's levels to wrong though. That's deviant level wrong. Uh, and so, uh, I think I the one. That, sorry. No, I think I think you're looking at power, the, the help he needs. Go ahead,
2: bro. I think that it, it, the one thing that we're seeing, and we, we, you know the the commonalities between this and then and then the emails that you know come out with um, with Gruden, it's just you know in these big organizations, and and now the Rooney Rules trying to force you, you're dealing with the good old good old boy rich man's club. The people own the stuff, and there's power, and with all the power, there's corruption. There's a lot of hidden stuff that goes on um that's why you know i think you earlier you were talking about the racism there's always going to be racist it's it's not about the racist individual it's about the systems behind it. it's not about the abusive person there's always going to be people unfortunately that uh, sexually abuse people whatever it's not even about that it's about the system behind it that allows it to continue so if if you were just if the blackhawks would have just got rid of this dude again like you say a video coach they didn't even have to do it really publicly they could just fire this dude it wouldn't even make a big huge media push. A video coach? No one knows his name. They weren't even willing to do that though. They wouldn't even do that because their brand is more important. The brand is more bigger. And and that's the part of it that is like the most shocking. You know what I mean? There's always going to yeah. be criminals. It's just to allow people to, to 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 operate in that system because that's more important, you know, and, and to, to for people to be brazen in emails and talk about different communities like that openly in, in this good old boys club. And and have it go unchecked. It's just that's the part that makes people like, well, damn, you know what what can be done when the power
0: it be, powers that be don't care. Um, great point, great point, and I think it it plays itself out. It's not so after the fact that we get these disclosures and see how many people knew, and let let this thing persist and go unchecked. And unfortunately, for Mister Beach. Have a psychological grip on him for so long. Looking at his interview, I feel bad for the guy. And you understand that being the victim and not having anyone who 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 a lot of them knew, but not having anyone come to your defense. I, I can see where they that would be a psychological challenge. Uh, we gotta talk to an NBA. Psychological challenge is a great chance to to segue into Ben Simmons. Uh the Ben Simmons saga continues. Ben Simmons. Despite being young and rich, I'd even say wealthy for him, and having the utmost potential somehow, some way, he needs a mental health day and needs a few mental health days. Because of that, he is protected by the CVA, and they cannot withhold his money. So despite him not performing, not being available to the 76ers, not being in games – They cannot withhold his money. And that's an interesting wrinkle that I think changes the leverage that we talked about last week. Uh, I've had issues with Rich Paul and and what he's advising uh, some of his players. I think that Ben Simmons has gone about this wrong from the very beginning. Uh, But now Ben Simmons does have the protection of the CBA, and as long as he is saying that it's because of the uh, impact on his mental health That this is having is why he can't, you know, be full go and practice in that games. He's protected. Where do we go from here with Ben Simmons? Does anybody want him? Is he damaged good? Will he ever play for the 76ers in in, in normal capacity anymore? Uh, Will he ever be the star that we thought he was going to be? Because. There are a lot of a, a lot of issues that I have with the story but the biggest one is that there's a, there, there's there's a, a guard who had the entire NBA at his fingertips that is not playing right now uh, for, for for reasons that seem to be outside of basketball personal reasons.
1: Yeah, I I don't know I the the main thing is Regardless of everything, I really just hope that he's not manipulating the collective bargaining agreement to continue to get paid while making a mockery of mental health. Because it's the same situation with like the the healthcare insurance fraud situation with the NFL and the NBA retired players. Like what you're gonna do is create a precedent that's going to affect the collective bargaining agreement and it's going to affect the evaluation. And when there are people that actually have these issues, right. they're going to be more restrictive about actually giving you leniency and there could have some adverse effects. So I'm yeah, really they, dramatic. they going think
0: he's crying wolf and other players exactly. are crying wolf too. So,
1: so if, if I understand, I mean, look, you play in Philadelphia and you can't take a jump shot in the playoffs. I'd have mental health issues too, but is that a disability that's preventing you from playing a game of basketball? I don't know. I don't know the man. Mental health is real. I just hope that it's not Crying Wolf. It's not a manipulation of the terms just so that he can continue to get paid because that'll be disgusting. But all that to say, I think he suits up and he plays for the Sixers at some point this season.
0: Mm. Uh big flow. What, what else does thinking? he
1: do? What else does he do? I don't, I don't know. He's between the I
0: mean, rock and the hard place, but he's found a soft landing. He's found a yeah. soft landing that allows him to get paid. Yeah. It's, hard for for me to me it's hard
2: for me to disagree with anything that uh that Ellis just said. And again, you you do, I mean, part of you first chuckles is you know, when you when you say okay, he's against the system and he's finding a loophole to get paid. But the precedent of of making a mockery of I mean, it's people had to fight probably to get that mental health portion to be put into it right and there's a lot of well-documented nba players that have uh anxiety issues or other issues that really need to be protected uh and we fought they fought for those and now ben simmons is just maybe you know what ben i don't know you so maybe you do have mental health issues so i don't want to do that to you but i to what east point like i i, I kind of like i hope you do man i hope you're not faking it you know what i mean like don't do that to people man. This is, you rich already. You do a lot of people some disservices. They're suffering if that's the situation that you're in. And we've come a long way with mental health in this country of how we've accepted it and how we've been able to work with it and embrace it. Don't make a mockery of it. Don't do that stuff. Just work on your jump. Look here.
0: You bring the hand back, you follow through, point the elbow,
2: and just take a jumper. It's not that hard, man.
0: If he starts taking shooting advice from you, that will be an all-time low do Hey, don't, don't, do don't, do don't, hey, don't discredit seniors. me in front of all these people. <laughs>
1: it's it's got to be an improvement from
2: where he is now. <laughs> don't discredit me in front of
0: all these people, man. <laughs> it's a green room conversation. We, we've come a long way with mental health. <laughs> You're right. My bad. We've come a long way with mental health. but and, and I know I got in trouble last time I used this phraseology, but I'm going to say it again. Maybe the pendulum has swung too far. Maybe it's sw- swung too far because I'm not certain that that having an aggressive 76ers fan base that makes you nervous to take the, the shot in the fourth quarter, it makes you so nervous that you're just gonna go up and dunk the ball at six foot thirteen, however tall he is. I'm not sure that's mental health. But to me, that's the resolve of the the the, the, the player. It's a part of that intangible quality that we learned to love in the 80s and 90s that, that we now, when we're having greatest of all time conversations, we now use as one of the factors. That just means, you know, look, man, at Mount Verde Academy, when things were great, what they didn't prepare you for was this. Right. When thing when things go awry and the fans are upset and they're blaming you. Can you still be the player that we need you to be?
1: Yeah. I just I, I, I don't you. think I, can, can,
0: you, can you survive in Philly? Philly? That's not a mental health issue. That's well, be a, dog, dog. Be,
2: be a to dog. Be fair, dog. Philly fans through snowballs at Santa Claus. Right? <laughs> those are rough, those some rough folks over there in Philly, man. I he's mean, not from here, he's from, from Australia. He's not, he hasn't <laughs> he didn't come up, you know. what I mean, they're nice down there in Australia. Stuff the toilets, you know what I'm <laughs> saying?
1: I don't know, man. Maybe maybe it is too much for him to handle. That's, I, him. that's a lot. I, I agree, I agree with everything you said, except one thing that I would kind of say is it's both. Like it's mental health, but it's also do your job. Like, that's what differentiates. That's why people so elevate to the point of professional athleticism and sports, you know, an elite sports organization is because you are able to manage your mental health with your physical health in a way that optimizes your performance. There's a whole industry that didn't exist when we, all of us played little league sports or, you know, when we started the journey of sports and sports psychology was not a conversation conversation. Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, it's an industry now. So mental health is very much a part of the entire process. However, yeah. it does not give you the ability to say, you know what, I can't go today. I don't know if it's. Ga- I know it's game six and it's a closeout, but I can't. I can't play today. That's. It's. it's it has, it's, to if be, it has to be. You're an accountant and it's tax season. You are balancing the books. <laughs> get Despite the having, yet, you can have you being a bit of a flu,
0: but if it's tax season. Yeah, you're gonna have to you know get some whatever you use, NyQuil and work through it. But we need the these taxes, bro. And that's yeah. all I'm saying is I think mental the, the mental aspect of the game has always been there. Oh and I think that we've heard the the players Ben Simmons ain't the first player that's heard the voices of his home crowd and, and worried about what the missed shot is gonna do for his involvement with those fans he's not the first but great players have learned to ignore the voices and listen a little more particularly and closely to the voice that says take the shot use your legs you know use your wrists and go through the muscle memory of shooting the shot and so that's why i think just you know and this is my humble opinion that and i could be wrong and i leave room for that but i think when i say the pendulum has swung too far it's just a we can't call everything, everything related to the psychology of sport when it's not perfect can't be considered, oh, that's a mental health issue and you should take some time issue. away. Right. No, nah, you well, should fight through it. And, well, and look, I'm doing, I'm dealing with it with my son. My son's 11 years old. And boys go through all these crazy things. Uh, it might be pew, uh, pre, was it pew, pubescent pre-puberty. Pubescent. How do you say that word? Pre-pubescent. Pubescent, that word right there. Say it five times, quick. Pre, whatever. He's going
1: through all this this thing,
0: and and I think you know, as parents, especially my wife, wants to address it in certain ways and deal with it. And I I said, frankly, everything can't be solved. Sometimes you just got to live through things, and being in this roller coaster of emotions. And being able to take a deep breath and go to the other side and realize I'm still alive, although these emotions are going wild, it is exactly what you need as evidence the next time it happens. I made it through that time. It's fine, right? And I, and, and I think we coddle some of these athletes because we don't let them fight through the reality of, hell yeah, them some loud voices in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. If you miss that shot, they are going, man. And And – I'm going to use LeBron as an example. When he finally just said, I'm going to shoot the shot, he finally stopped caring what people thought he became an even better player, And I hope that Ben Simmons and other young players can get to that point where um, they can prioritize the things that matter the most and the fans booing when it's all said and done don't matter. They just don't.
1: Yeah, I think – I mean – I think you make a really important point, right? It's like he is foregoing a major obligation for what what he's considering
2: that he actually gets paid to do. No,
1: I mean a major I mean he's a major, major professional obligation. So if you cannot fulfill a major finance, major professional obligation, then there needs to be some parity between that obligation. And the impact and the effects of your mental health issue, right? So mm-hmm. you can't just say, I woke up, you know, I'm not, I'm just not really feeling it. Don't really want to talk on the phone today. Yeah, that's very different than I can't go perform and work my $400,000 a day job.
0: Mm-hmm. A day? Like there, there's day? A day?
1: I don't, I'm. I would say it's probably close. You about to I mean, make me go 30... and my
0: son from school right now to work on jump <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. It's, 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 grow out there in school. Let's it's go to three.
1: The it's th- let's do the math. It's three million. If you just take it and extrapolate it over twelve months, thirty-three million dollars. That's about three million dollars a month. A month. Thirty days. So you're talking a hundred grand a day. <laughs> That's not stop games. That's just
0: they, yeah, yeah. Day. They don't play every day. Hey, after That's this show, I'm day. going to withdraw my son from school today. We're going to the <laughs> yeah, park. Sure. Yeah. No, I
2: think you know the thing is, and and you hit on this B, As I mean, we're almost acting in society like the mental aspect of sports is brand new. Back in the day, Muhammad Ali used to talk trash to people in the media to get you so mad and get you outside of your game. Since the beginning of time, people have been icing the kickers on field goal to make the pressure greater to see if the guy can still do it ice them on a timeout so they can make the free throws. Uh, I remember famously when I was playing basketball in, famously, I love love how I gave myself that much credit. (laughs) I was playing basketball my freshman year. He's Revisionist his history, right? right. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes you gotta the gym catch gym was yourself packed, like three times I over myself. to see him play freshman basketball. It's kind of like when you misspell something, but you put the asterisk and the, the right spelling <laughs> up, you didn't misspell it, you throw it back in the text before they get to get a chance that say you can't spell. I caught myself. Freshman year playing basketball. I went to a school called Loyal Academy. I'm from Evanston. We're playing Evanston. We're down by one point, no chance. Loyal is not supposed to win here. We're in the game. And my buddy we express this in my ear. Go ahead, miss both these free throws. <laughs> and I obliged. I missed both, and we lost. And I tell you, <laughs> but you know
0: that. What kind of buddy is this? Why would you call him a buddy if he put? that... You know, he was group. on
2: Evanston. He played on the Evanston team. He, oh, well, he he's on Evanston. Team. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking your Evanston, team so he's team on your own. on team. a different level. He was one of my groomsmen. You know, I've known him that long. But like, right? You know, they call timeout. I can't shoot free throws anyway. But I'm nervous as hell. If we can win this game, major upset. If we win this game, I'm happy. It's my hometown team. I'm at the private school. No business. And he just, just. Calmly said, "Hey man, go ahead and miss both of these." And I was like,
0: "Look oh. like Ben Simmons out
2: there shooting jumpers, and we miss." But again, the mental aspect of sport—that doesn't make mental health. I didn't call a timeout and tell him that I have this is too much pressure. I can't award <laughs> yeah, me the two free throws. I
0: can't do it. It's I can't do much. it.
2: Award me the two free throws. I'm having mental health issues. I was tripping. I had, couldn't handle the stress and the pressure. Mm-hmm. Coach always used to say, "You know," and talked about pressure. He said, "If I took two by four and laid it across this ground, told you to walk over it." You wouldn't pay attention. You just walk right over it without giving it a second thought. But if I extended that two by four across two skyscrapers, all of a sudden now you have all these perceived. But he's like, it's the same walk. There's no difference. And once you believe that there's no difference, then you'll be able to handle the pressure. Sounds good, right? Sounds real good. But until that that's two not- by four is up suspended in the air. And they're there, but it's the same two by four is the walk is no different. You walk and it just happens to be the stakes are higher. And that's what happens when you put a hundred thousand people in the stands or you put people booing you, or, you know, that the media writers, you start doing like KD and start having ghost accounts. You start letting people get to you. That's all mental. None of that is new, but now we're trying to meld that with people who actually have clinical anxiety issues or clinical depression and different things. You know, we're trying to meld that and put that in the same bucket. It's
0: because we've been raising these kids too soft. Right. Look, at the risk of sounding old, I was going to say, I mean, these kids really want to post every highlight that they have just to get as many likes as they can get mm-hmm. because it matters to them. It really matters to them. And as a dad, the two boys that play sports and in a space that that is the norm it has been an uphill battle to try to get my son. To be like, bro, we're not doing that. Like, okay, cool. You're ranked here. Like, I never want to hear you talk about that. No, I'm not posting videos of you. I'm just not doing it because it doesn't matter. When you start to 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 recognize the insignificance of someone's someone else's appreciation of you, mm-hmm. their validation, especially in a sports context, when you start to appreciate the insignificance of that, then you're a baller. And I just think Ben Simmons being big, tall. uh, He was a, a, a prodigy from a young age, from a basketball standpoint. He never had to struggle through that difficult but real prioritization of what really matters. He never struggled through it because he, he he's lived his entire life, you know, basketball life in a limelight such that the rankings matter and the likes matter and he's this and he's that. Oh, he's but but you know, I hope sports psychologists are out there teaching that message. That the the, the quicker you can say, Man, who gives a damn what the fans think? No matter if the fans love him or hate him, he still gets that hundred thousand dollars a day that you just described, ETP. Sure does, and when LeBron said that. This was the first year in Miami when they lost. And they said, he essentially was like, tomorrow, y'all going to wake up the same life y'all have. I'm going to wake up the same life I have. And people got offended by it. He's like, basically, said, I got a good life y'all don't. He didn't say that. He just said, you're going to wake up the same problems that you had today. You're going to have them tomorrow. And I'm going to have my life tomorrow. I think it should have been, like, we should have captured that and made it an entire curriculum for young athletes. Because that's the truth. What people think about you really don't matter. And you can't control it anyway. Uh, I say all that, and then I also say to to Ben Simmons, because it has been diagnosed, at least accepted for by the 76ers, as some form of mental health. I, I wish him nothing but the best. So I don't want to minimize it. Uh, other NBA news. Uh, this new file rule, if you initiate contact, which is essentially James Harden 2.0, is now being completely disallowed they moved away from it it started with the the kicking In the, the foot. foot out on the three-pointer the ref stopped honoring that as a call uh, but now they can blow the whistle and just say no foul at all i think it's going to change so the who game gets the gonna, ball i imagine it would be a, I don't. Know, a great question i don't know who gets the ball they just blow gets the whistle. he didn't foul you right maybe it's a jump <laughs> ball i don't
2: know
0: Ooh. great question That'll make uh, you stop doing that real quick, though. Make you stop doing jump ball, it, right? Because then it could be a turnover. Um, but it's interesting to see how they're trying to kind of pull back from it being an offensive-minded league, mm-hmm. right? That rule change favors the defense, not the offense. So uh, I guess they tired of seeing 150 to 148 scores in the NBA. I,
2: I think that the fans are getting tired of the whole flopping thing and all the different things like that, and it's starting to get gross with the just the gross bastardization of the rules man just i'm trying to do this foul, trying to call the whistle to play basketball let's get this day it's supposed to be a continual game it's too much start and stop with that foul and mess
0: with the way they're going so i i'm happy they're doing it. i was tired of it right um i'm sure james harden is not happy because that that is basically his entire game yeah uh the ball brothers back. ball brothers the ball b- ball brothers wanting they're one and two Lonzo and LaMelo are one or two in the East. You got the Chicago Bulls. And you got the Hornets. Uh, Somewhere. LaVar Ball. Has a cold drink. Talking trash. And said, I told you so. Never. I like them, man. They both playing well, too. Uh, LaMelo Ball is balling out, man. Uh, And. You know, I, I think that and I I am notorious for being a LaMelo fan. Um, but I think seeing both of them succeed is refreshing as a dad because we all criticize that man. I'm hoping that Jello makes it too. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a whole ball family reunion in the NBA. It's coming. It is coming. Uh other NBA stories, the Lakers are struggling a bit. Uh LeBron's injured. Uh, Russell Westbrook has, has been very turnover happy. That's the one cat. We all celebrated his triple doubles, but we ignored that other statistical category. <laughs> really Quadruple tur- double. He had <laughs> because the doubles. turnovers were <laughs> oh, 10. And then in a crunch time, uh Carmelo shot an air ball. Russell Westbrook got ticked off at the young player who, who stole the ball and dunked it with 10 seconds left. I don't know what that was about. I guess he wanted him to just dribble dribble it out. Maybe it's just because he's at OKC, or maybe it's just because it was a uh, whatever day of the week—Wednesday. Russell Westbrook seems to always be mad, um, but the Lakers don't look like the the shoe-in champion that we thought they were. You look at Come their on. roster; it looks crazy. Their roster—it's that. It's that.
2: Let's stop roster. it though, people. People, every time we, we the, a team gets together that's like this, they expect them the first game to look like they do at the end. Give them a chance. They start look at the Nets. I mean, if they didn't have the injuries. They started off trash, and then they had to get people to play. You know, look when the the uh, Magic had their team, and uh, um, the Heat when they when LeBron went down to the Heat, they started off as trash. Then they got together. We weren't I mean,
0: trash. Now. No, when it. they
2: first started out, they we were struggled.
0: trash. Yeah, we struggled. We struggled. struggled yeah, that's trash. A while. First Depends
2: 25 on How yeah. you are. Depends on how how, how soft you from Australia and you you know Ben Simmons. You are it's trash. That's maybe those are hurtful words. <laughs> You heard I me back, talking about my. They team. were trash, but they won the championship eventually. So stop it. The Lakers don't start like look like at
0: championship team, well, but the, the Lakers don't have eventual in them. What they did was they amassed older talent. Yeah. So you're right to make the comparison with Miami Heat, but oh. they were in their prime. The big three, D Wade, LeBron, and Boss were in their prime. What mm-hmm. the Lakers have done is they've gotten everyone that is just slightly, and in some cases, well past their primes, and so it's win now. LeBron is getting to that point, man. We've had different iterations of his hairline. This iteration of his hairline is towards the last chapter. (laughs) It's towards the last chapter of his NBA career. This, when the headband, and he got one of them thick headbands, right? This particular attempt to hide the hairline is a part of the last chapter of LeBron being LeBron on court. So that's the only thing I would say about the Lakers is they, they must win now. Russell Westbrook, eh, eh. They got Rondo, eh. Dwight Howard, eh. Anthony. eh. You got to win now. They will. They'll win playoff
1: times. They, I mean, they're definitely older for sure. But LeBron, I mean, he got a little ankle injury. But he doesn't look like he's in his 19th year. Westbrook still got a lot of motor in him obviously he's got to fit in Anthony Davis is what 28 years old yet? He's he's so he's yeah so so I I think the age thing I just feel like watching it right now watching the NBA is like watching NCAA March Madness because you've got these one and done like what it's been for some years like these one and done teams that have all the stars and then like Creighton comes in and goes to the final four because they've been playing together they got a solid team everybody knows their role so they'll move through it but you know the nets don't look good right now philly look doesn't look great right now like all the top teams la looks like a disaster but la i'm gonna say i i think they need to go into like a hockey philosophy bring what rest westbrook off the bench spread out that talent run lines they're all older, most of them, run 25, 30 minutes across the board, just change the whole approach to it because you're not – Russell Westbrook and LeBron James on the same court, like this is a situation where there's absolutely only one ball. And it's not because they're taking all the shots, but because how are we facilitating with two totally different styles of play.
0: Right. Uh. Whoop, there it is. Must be Halloween weekend. Every time we go start talking about NBA basketball, some crazy Knicks fan has to come out of the woodworks and think that this is finally the year. Listen, Knicks, you're relegated to being terrible forever. I hate to be the one to break the news to you, but if I don't do it, who will? And it might offend you such that you need to take a mental health day. (laughs) If so, take your day. Y'all ain't never going to be good again because you got your punk you know mm-hmm. what, racist owner and the entire family. So you're relegated to being the punchline of jokes. And so in this moment, since uh, my homeboy, Scott Bibb, had the audacity to say the Knicks when the NBA conversation came up, you are again the punchline of a joke. Uh, he's first place. Who cares? Y'all first place. Right? Y'all, your Knicks are terrible. Um, we got to talk about some other uh, sports, though, before we get out of here. I wanted to make sure we talked about the great fall classic. And that is the world series, Atlanta versus Houston. Uh, I don't know what it is now. I know it was tied I at Boston one. Boston was
2: going to win the world series.
0: The guy from Boston said that the boss, the Red Sox were going to win the, Red, the world series. And he was wrong. Uh, because now, they're not in his it. earphones don't work. His, yeah, now all of a sudden his mute button. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear nothing. <laughs> I can't hear you. I, can't, yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: know what you're saying.
0: We need to get the lip sync lady from Cardi, the Cardi B song. Oh, right, right. He muted himself just so <laughs> we we couldn't claim. Can, can we take you off mute now, Ellison, producer, or you want to keep a? You He's know, the producer. He can handle that stuff. We can take you off mute if you want, so you can weigh <laughs> in on this. Right, you ready? There you go. <laughs> it's not interesting. He's not
1: interested. All right. He's interested. Either some. Oh, I wrong was or... on mute. Oh, sorry. Or, oh, I was I'm on mute. mute. We <laughs> said that twenty <laughs> times. Man.
2: My bad. But we move on. We move on.
0: um, um Who, who you, you got, got winning?
1: Baseball has been over since the Red Sox beat the Yankees. That's the
0: Red Sox. You sound like Yankees fan. Who <laughs> you have winning? Because there are two teams playing, and I know that it was split at one point. um It's interesting to see that this is now being played. Right, they're going to be games played in Atlanta. Because you remember MLB moved the all-star game from Atlanta because of the voting laws being uh, steeped in, in racist voter suppression style uh, origins. And uh, now the World Series is being played there. Atlanta's still getting the money. So they got the last laugh. Uh, the, and the Astros, caught, they were caught stealing signs very recently. Uh, you got the fact that Atlanta is called the Braves. You know, we talked about the Blackhawks, but Atlanta is still called the Braves. So in this politically correct world, in this cancel culture society, you've got these two teams that that, that uh, seem to be like they run afoul of what the politically correctness mantra should be. Uh, yet, they're they, I think it's a good, a good series. I know it was 1-1 at one point. Altuve, who uh, seems to be have nine lives when it comes to baseball, uh, had a big game two. I don't know what happened in game three. Um, but the Great Fall Classic, MLB, World Series Baseball. By this time next week, there will be a champion, correct? Right? What game it's gotta be. Where are they yeah, at? Game?
1: I mean game three, game three is tonight. Game three is tonight. All right, one, so one. I didn't miss anything. Uh so game seven, if it goes seven games, will be November third, which is what Wednesday of the following week? So All right. So this and time a half next from week, now.
0: we'll have next a champion. November, uh, next who
1: are you who are you picking? Uh, e- ETP. Who you got? Right. Astros, Braves. <laughs> I got to go with the Astros. They beat the Red Sox, so you know that they, they must they gotta be good. They got they got to be great. They're excellent. Uh, I think also, you're gonna go with
0: I, it if they win it. You're gonna say, "Oh, we were 3rd You're gonna go with one of those arguments. I can't stand no, no, those so lines. We were we
1: were second. Because we you're that saying. the World Series already happened, we lost the World Series. This is the consolation round, right? now. Are oh, you saying we
0: get the runner up? Uh, so big I flow have to show. go with the Astros. I you're can't. Astros. It's,
1: I can't. Uh, you know, I have to underscore the you know the idea that they still call the Braves. There's a tomahawk in their logo. They still do the tomahawk chop. Just by karma alone, I refuse they to root for that team.
0: The big flow show. Who you got? Braves. Astros.
2: Lakers and six. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care about baseball.
0: Hey, we get credit, though, man. Even though it's not necessarily in our comfort zone, we're still talking. We're still making sure we we talk baseball. Great for all classic. For those who are still addicted to baseball and still call it America's favorite pastime, uh, enjoy what seems to be a good World Series. All right. Um, Quickly, before we get out of here, Mikey Williams, the high school phenom from San Diego, one who's been rumored to be strongly considering hbcu i'm sure the g league's involved in conversations with mikey uh i doubt overtime league is but people are all talking to Mikey williams he's been a household name he's been the, the the media darling mr instagram for a while he just signed a sneaker deal with puma and he's in high school Name, image, and likeness has taken a whole different leap into the next frontier when a high school school player signs a Puma deal. Is it thumbs up or thumbs down? Do we like where it's headed? Because now this player being in contract with Puma, does that influence where he goes to school? Can he not go to an Adidas school, Nike school, Under Armour school? I don't know that there's any puma schools can puma be proactive and go to one of these hbcus and say hey we should be your your signature shoe we've got mike williams it could be a package deal this seems like sort of the 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 next chapter of where we were with name image and likeness a high school player signing a signature sneaker deal not with pro kids and bobos but with puma (laughs) That's a Florida term. Bobos. 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 Uh, do we like or it is his head, man? And I like Mikey Williams, I, 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 but, but what is going to entice him to go to class? What is going to entice him to keep going to practice? He's already got the pot of gold.
2: You're right. He don't need to go to class. has got. He can pay somebody to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. He's good. <laughs> he's fantastic. He's going to be fine.
0: He's, Look,
1: he's, he's going to make money.
2: This is a free market. We go to school, get education so that we can make money, right? You want to be smart, but ultimately you go to school so you can make some money. He's making money anyway. What are you going to be mad about that? He can always be educated through the people he surrounds himself to teach him about life. I can't remember what I learned in my science class at, 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 in college. I don't know anything about Spanish 101 in college, nothing. I just learned a lot about life, and I know how to do that. So as long as he learns how to do life, he'll be straight.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love this. And I really don't like it at the same time. (laughs) So I love this in the sense of this is nothing new. Now it's just the player, you know, the player is actually getting the money, right? There's been Nike, AAU teams and Reebok and Puma and Adidas and all of this where, I mean, you know, there's a story, the, the best basketball player at the time, more than more famous than LeBron, Shea Cotton. And, He basically had, you know, back in the 90s before his career got derailed, he basically had a Nike deal, but they weren't giving him money, supposedly, they were just giving him sneakers. He had a different pair of sneakers for every game, but there's a reason Nike was doing that, because of the celebrity, because of the marketing value and all of this. So even at the high school level, down to the, you know, 10 and under AAU level, there's, there's Nike teams, there's Nike leagues, there's Nike camps, there's all of these different brands are involved and they're eating, they're getting this money. So I love it for the fact that it's actually putting the money in the people's hands who are driving those sales and driving that revenue. I really dislike it because it has taken amateurism and thrown it completely out the window. So to your point, he is now a professional. He is a professional basketball player. And it's not about be, even being eligible to play basketball, not going to, your, going to your classes, having big flow, teach history, none of that. <laughs> it's literally just how do you maximize your revenue and your profit as a player? So it, it's unfortunate that it's just, I mean, he's, what, 16, 7. He may not even be able to drive, and he's got a multi potentially multi-million dollar, multi-year deal. Oh, he's how not even a,
0: f- a senior in high school. He's going to no. be a, He's a class of... 23.
1: 23.
0: 20. You know, they reclass up and back so much. I don't know which class he's in now. He ain't 17 years old.
2: To hell with high school. I'm just going to go hoop at the park for money.
0: First American high school player to sign a sneaker deal with a global footwear company. And I am going to- again, Did they disclose the, the money? I don't think they disclosed the they amount. Just close they disclose the number. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and be the old man. I hate this. I hate this. This is now taking us, this this is the race to the bottom. This is taking us deeper into the deep end where we can't come back from it because young people that see this, he's got over 5 million combined Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter followers. And of those 5 million, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume with no empirical data to back me up, but just anecdotally, just seeing the people that interact and engage with him on his page, that a lot of them are young people. A lot of them are young basketball players. A lot of them aspire to be the next Mike Williams. So what they do is, now again, I don't have an empirical data, but a lot of anecdotal data to support this, is that these young people, instead of working on their jump shot, working on their ball handling, they're working on being a social media person. And what this says is that the potential outcome of you being a great social media person is be you know signed to a global footwear company out of high school I think a lot of these young players are going to think that this they can then become Mikey Williams and the truth of the matter is for every Mikey Williams there's some player somewhere working on their craft working on their game that's going to be recruited that's got an opportunity to go to NBA that's got an opportunity to get a free education and and do significant things post high school but you just don't hear about it. and this is to me the culmination of being loud and in your face with social media and it, it, and it, and, it, and it's giving them a false sense of this could be you too and the truth of the matter is <clears throat> if you spend more time working on your followers and your TikTok choreography than you do than you do your jump shot you ain't gonna be Mikey Williams So that's why I hate it
2: do you follow Mikey Williams? I'm, I'm, do you
1: follow him on social media?
0: I do not follow. Him. Okay. I but 5 but, but,
1: million Instagram followers.
0: <laughs> I do not follow him but when a video comes up with Mikey Williams I will watch it. I'm not opposed to Mikey Williams. But I, I don't I don't follow him. I heard that he's got every celebrity known to mankind that he he's seen with on his Instagram page. They like he's a celebrity. And so at 17 years old you live a celebrity lifestyle. So if now Kim you if you live a celebrity lifestyle in terms of your social media presence, if you live a celebrity lifestyle in terms of being signed by Puma, what on God's green earth is going to have you being a respectful young man that appreciates how much you don't know at 17? The mix is just, it's its its, it's all messed up. And I think it, it leads to potential issues. I, I haven't heard that Mikey Williams is a jerk to anyone. But if I heard that Mikey Williams was a jerk, it wouldn't shock me. Cause at 17, having all that at your fingertips, it, it undermines the process of growing up and, and, and learning how to respect uh adults and respecting authority figures. What is an authority figure to a 17-year-old that's got a puma deal? When that history teacher does try to tell tell Mikey uh we need a little we need better effort on the history test. Mikey looking at him like what you're looking at him or her, like what are you talking about? I just think it messes up the the process of growth and development for young people. And the more we look at this as the new frontier, the more we move away from just players honing their craft, working on them, forget social media. Just go, just just go become a great Basketball player, a football player, or whatever you play—hockey, baseball—for the purity and love of the game. Because once it becomes a business, there's no walking back from that. Mikey Williams will never ever be able to appreciate the purity of just going into a gym and playing a game for the love of it. Because he is officially a businessman that has allowed basketball to be the center of his business. That is his business plan: basketball, and well, it worked out for him. It succeeded. Put- he succeeded. I'll push back a wins?
1: little I'll push back a little though like now he is officially a business person but it's been a business right these bi- there have been businesses that have been monetizing his performance you know like I said there's brands that are involved at at a youth sports level that are monetizing all of this so it's been a business before NIL right right so so how do you how do you reconcile that like i don't like it at all like i don't like the idea of basically you know removing the youthful exploration of sports performance in favor of professionalism i don't right. i don't support that but i also recognize that there's tons of businesses that are making money off of this and and these kids and these people that are participating in it aren't seeing any of that money so how do you how do you reconcile that
0: like it is tough, it is tough but in every other category, we start off talking about like the Black Hawk story and even we talked about Sandusky. we try to protect our kids in every way imaginable from from physical abuse, from sexual abuse, from being uh, at the mercy of a predator from a physical standpoint. I just think that there's also predators and people that abuse from a business standpoint, and the more we put our young people in position to have these mega deals, we're also putting them in position to be on the wrong end of abuse when it comes to business. So that I guess that's again that's the old man to me, the protective paternal instant kicking in, saying we we should we should consider that. But I I hear you loud and clear. This business is is preceded mikey williams and will definitely be the business of sport will be here long after so uh and that's what we talk about here the ball hog sports talk where sports business and entertainment collide it's been a great week any parting shots you guys before we get out of here 10 second bye-byes any any shout outs any birthdays, celebrations happy halloween of course
1: i just hope mikey williams ends up going pro and and having a good career because this will be a very bad story but happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> happy halloween anything uh good luck to the
2: uh naperville central Redhawks get a chance to avenge their loss to the naperville north tonight in the playoffs it's winner go home
0: so let's go central good luck good luck let's go central i'm going with central on this one bye touchdown central. appreciate you yeah And for those of you who will be in the New Jersey area, we will be. This has been the trick-or-treat episode, but we will be at Paul Robeson Stadium on Sunday. It is Championship Sunday on Halloween. I may or may not be in a mask. I'm straight up getting creepy. It's for the championship for the East Orange Junior Jaguar, Eight and nine-year-old Mighty Mike team. Come out and support. We will be doing a fundraiser for the new uniforms we bought them. We will be doing a fundraiser for the potential travel that we might have upcoming. Because if we win and keep on winning, we might be going to Disney World. That's right. We need your help, so come on out if you're in the New Jersey area on Sunday. Our game is at 9 a.m. There will be championship games all day long. We got lucky to host the championship game and be in the championship game. Uh, so come check us out, Paul Robeson Stadium on Sunday at 9 a.m. Love the Mighty Mites uh, and uh, our Junior Jaguar family. So please come support. With that, if you go out trick or treating tonight, please be safe. Please wear a mask. And when I say a mask, I mean one of the protective ones, not the decorative ones that you become a certain personality and character. This has been the Ballhawk Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. I have the fortunate, fortunate gift of leading you as your host today. I am B. Brown ESQ, a.k.a. the Ballhawk, a.k.a. the of South, a.k.a. Mr. Accessor Celebration, a.k.a. Breezy, here with the Big Flow Show, here with ETP. For another week of the Hawk Sports Talk, please like, please comment, please subscribe, tell a friend, tell a phone, tell anybody that you know. And again, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe in the YouTube world and on the podcast format of your choice. With that, we is out. Peace.
2: We still live.